The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. I have my guest, former NBA player and best friend, Reggie Slady. Is that Rich? I'm feeling the love, brother. I'm feeling the love. Well, Reds, I'm back in the mile high. You know where it all started from. We back here. I'm back here, Reds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so deal with okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Go probably head on down the mile and visit them. You know. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there in a few days. Oh yeah, definitely get to see you. You know. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Reds, you got a great show. I thought I, was, I always like to tweak you and play with your mind. Not good, you are. Um, We'll talk about USA um, team, and then I got some trivia questions for you there. Is that good? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll see what I do on the trivia. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll answer the questions well. Well, you was at home, um, what was that, 6-6 six six last time? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, even the, clock, even, the, even the broke clock is broke. Uh, it, it, it works twice a day. <laughs> so I guess that was my lucky day. <laughs> We're going to get started on um, we got our USA team playing. We got um, all these guys playing, but I mean, is is the US just too great for them? I mean, I know over there they play basketball every day and all like that. Should we be sending them just all the college kids over there, Rich? Well, I think we did that experiment before, and uh, you know, the gap between skills began to gradually deteriorate, and it got to the point uh, in the eighties, I believe, was the time when they were putting out a superior product on the floor. I and mean, they were putting guys that were 26, 27 years old in their prime against guys that were not only uh, teenagers or young adults, but that had never played together before. So the opponents had the advantage of not only age, but they also had the advantage of playing together over long periods and stretches of time. So I think what's going on right now is fine. Uh, I mean, again, they still have the disadvantage of, of, of throwing a bunch of uh, players in a pot and uh, and making sure that they are uh, compatible to each other, compatible enough to put out a good product and play. Uh, so they still have the disadvantage. So they're playing against teams that have been together since they were teenagers. You know, these guys are grown adults. But I, at this point, I would say it's fair. Well, Ray, remember when we played BYU? And remember they go on a mission and come back four years, and we were playing the same people, like 25, 20, and we were young. Remember that, Ray? Oh, yeah, I absolutely remember that. We were playing almost grown men, and they was in college. So isn't uh-huh. that about the uh-huh. same, right? Well, absolutely. It is the same. And, and, and uh, 
that that's why the guys that are a little bit older they have an advantage uh, maturity wise, uh, and not only physical but mental. But but uh, and, and that's why I'm saying the team that we put together, I think that uh, it, it, it balances the floor and it's fine. And I agree with you on that, but I remember when we had the college kids over there, they got killed or something. I think they lost them. They was mad. They're like, why are you not putting on professionals over there? Because they consider professionals, right, at that age? Absolutely. I mean, these guys, they don't have a, a school system or anything like that. Their school is going and doing left-hand layups for three hours, <laughs> you know, a day. Uh, that's all they focused on. So, uh, you know, it, it's, a different, it's a different type of training, certainly. Well, I'm from Chicago, Reg, and I keep getting all these emails and questions about Derrick Rose. How do you see uh-huh. him? You know, I notice I think they're breaking his minutes down now. He's not playing as much. You think that because they don't want to wear him out right now, or is he really hurting again? Well, I think it's a combination of they're trying to disperse minutes as as fairly as possible while still staying in the realm of being competitive and winning games. Uh, I looked at the game the other day against, um, uh, I can't remember who they played, but it stayed competitive in halftime until the, the, the young kid from New Orleans came in there and turned things around. I mean, the key with being professional, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, or in real life, is you're always prepared and you're always ready. You know, you're not going to always get the minutes that you want, but when it, when the spotlight is on you, it is necessary that you were able to perform and perform in a professional manner. And I know that you know this um, Kevin Durant pulled out because Paul George got injured. Would you play Reggie if you knew that, you know, you could injure it and, you know, lose your money? Would you play in these games? Well, uh, I don't know if it was totally just because of Paul George's injury or if there were some other factors that were included in that. When, when you look at the basketball schedule and what you have to do to prepare for it, there's precious little off-season that you ever really have because, uh, you know, you have preseason, you have regular season, you have postseason, uh, and I think some people think that there's a, there's a fallacy that, you know, once the postseason is done, guys go on break and they don't start again until September sometime. Uh, you have to always keep prepared and always keep ready. So your body is perpetually working out. It's continually and always working out. So sometimes the little break that you can squeak in there, whether it's three weeks or what have you, you want to enjoy yourself with family, friends, and just let your body uh, rest and recuperate a little bit. Yeah, that's a lot of games they play, too. Plus, they're on the road a lot on the NBA players. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think I heard one NBA player say it's like, the day in and day out of traveling going from the East Coast to the West Coast really what wears you down. Oh, absolutely. You know, they had a, you know, unfortunately about two years ago, a rap artist by the name of Heavy D passed away. And uh, I believe, I don't know the technical term as to why he passed away, but it was basically from lack of motion while sitting on planes doing, uh, that was a cause of it. I don't know the technical term. Uh, you know, if you're just sitting a lot. You know, your body takes abuse not only on the court, but there's some strenuous things that happen to your body while sitting in those planes all the time. You know, mentally, you, you, you kind of lose, you lose 
topography of where you're at, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, heck, I don't know, uh, what day it is, what month it is, uh, you know, what's the last time you kiss your kids, good night. I mean, that's a mental toll that takes, uh, that, that, that goes hand in hand with all the physical battery, uh, on your body. So again, to, to, for, for a guy to pull out, especially a superstar, somebody when you start talking about the echelon, echelon of, uh, of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, these guys are in demand all the time. I know when I'm at home with my kids, and I got I have four kids, and if I get one of them, then dad, 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 that gets a little bit irritating. And if I got two, three, four of them, that gets almost maddening. So you can imagine how Kevin Durant and all these superstars who are fortunate enough to be in the position that they are, but they can't serve the public or their audience very well if they aren't uh, uh, balanced in their life. They need a little bit of time off to balance them. Let me ask you this, Raj, and, you know, give the listeners kind of, um, just kind of a review of what a week is for y'all. Say like you, you know, you got to go here and play here. Where do you go? You Like you go, you get on the plane right after that game and shoot to that other, you know, team? Well, or... I'll give you an example. When I played for the, the Raptors, for instance, uh, and this was typical, you know, we'd leave, say we began on a Monday. Uh, within a week's time, we would play Golden State, in Northern California, Sacramento in the Bay Area, the Clippers, the Lakers, and maybe hit uh, Phoenix. Mm. That would be uh, be five games within a seven- to eight-day period and then fly all the way back uh, to to Toronto. That's a lot of of playing. All you're seeing really is uh, hotels and, and arenas. Right. Really, all you see is hotel and arenas because after you play, the guys have to do shoot around and, and go over a scouting report of the, of, of the team. And it was not unusual for us just to rent out a ballroom and put tape on the floor as if it was a basketball court to go over the uh, opposing team's plays. Wow. You know what to expect and where picks are coming from and whatnot. So, I mean, it does get mentally exhausting. You got to be focused. I mean, focused like a, you know, you got to be focused like a laser beam on the task at hand. And after focusing, it's just like uh, you and I flexing. And you got some used triceps and biceps. You keep on flexing for hours and hours and days and days. After a while, you get a little tired. I don't know how it was with the NBA, but the NFL, after you eat, you got to go to meetings, a team meeting, then you go to your position meeting. You know, was it like that? I mean, because you was always, people think you got all this free time, and you don't. Do you, Rich? Uh, I don't know, because... If you do have free time, you won't have it for long. That's Why do you say that, Fred? Because, you know, injuries are going to happen over a time period, and you're going to have to take care of that injury. Uh, 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 you're going to have bands as far as uh, uh, meetings to go over film and whatnot. So free time that you might have in the very beginning of the season slowly but surely dissipates uh over a period of time. So you don't really have that much free time. You're right. I mean, I, I can remember going through a day uh, where I would only see my kids early in the morning and late at night. And you're like, well, Reg, you know, when I was home. Well, what consumes your day, Reg? <laughs> well, uh, 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 before game, if I have a game at, I don't know, 7 o'clock is when games start, uh, I had to be at the arena uh, for a shoot-around practice 
around probably uh, 10 o'clock, I'd say, right? Uh, I lived in the suburbs just like most guys do, so it's an hour transit, uh, and I have to get there an hour early to make sure, you know, because the doctors and whatnot, just little stuff, check you out. So I'll probably leave the house around 7, 7.30. My kids are just getting up to go to school at that time, right? Right. So by the time I, I, I go see the trainers and I go through a walk around, shoot around, and, and do my ice bath, and if there's any required lifting, I can get back home around 3 o'clock, mm. uh, have something to eat. Guess what? i got to be right back. Because <laughs> there's shooting drills oh. and everything else you got to go to prior to the game starting at 7. Uh, you know, so I, by the time the game's over with, you talk to the coach, you, again, ice, ice involved in professional sports. Uh, iced up and, and stressed and whatnot. By the time you get home, it's about 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, you really haven't seen your kids at all. Yeah. And then you go on that road trip, like I just mentioned, you know, going to Sacramento, Golden State, Clippers, Lakers. I mean, you know, that, uh, it, it, it takes mental strength. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable as all get out. I mean, you yeah. know, all these places that you wouldn't otherwise go and you're seeing all these things, uh, that you would not otherwise see. However, there is a price to pay. Reg, I'm going to throw a, um, a quiz, a question at you real quick while we're talking. Is that all right? Yes, sir. All right. Which player scored in double figures in 787 straight games from December 4th, 1977 to December 4th, 1987? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know I'm not going to know that. You going to know that? All right, that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Bernard, I said Bernard King. <laughs> that was Kareem. Okay. 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 I thought none of that since you got already laughing. Which NBA yeah, team retired jersey number three, thirty-three, thirty-two, and thirty-five in the nineteen in the nineties? In the nineties? Yes. Uh, the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I knew that. That was an easy one right there. Come on, man. You <laughs> went from. You went from two different levels of difficulty on that one. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who had, uh, well, let's go, Red. Who had those numbers? Number three. Who wore that number? Number three was, uh, number three. Was that not Dennis Johnson? Who was it? Dennis Johnson? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Dennis, yeah. 33 was the who? 33 was Larry. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> 32 was who? 32? Shucks. That might have been Mikhail? Yes, yeah, it was, Miguel. And 35 was. Shucks. Was that Paris? Paris was it. You're right. There you go, Red. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you're on the road now. You're on the road. <laughs> you must be butter because you're on the road. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> Red, well, I want to get it now. I know it's a lot. I don't hit too much in the NBA, but uh, I'm doing a show next week with this lady. She's a social work for athletes and all that, but a lot of NFL, NBA players are getting these domestic, you know, and there's a lot going on with the suspension and it's not enough and, you know, now they came up to where six games and the next time it's a, you're being for life. How you feel? First, let me ask you about that. Is there a lot of this going on that's not being reported, you think? Well, of course, I think with, uh, you know, with cell phones and the cameras and videotapes and whatnot. There's a lot of things that have happened. I mean, chaos and corruption isn't new. Uh, a lot of stuff is just being brought to light 
more now because people are videotaping this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. Yeah, I'm not agreeing with anybody beating their wife or any of that type of stuff like that, but I'm just saying it's happened before, and I don't think very many people talk about it. Well, you got cameras that record now on your phone, and it only takes one person to see it. Spread like wildfire. And that's why I agree with that. Like you said, you know, it's not, you know, everything's like media now, you know. If you would know who catches something, and then once they catch it, now it's being reported, but I mean, the thing about it is there was people was arguing about, you know, well, how many games a person should be kicked out or how many, you know. Isn't there should uh-huh. be a level to where you think that, I mean, you know, uh, different games. I mean, if you're there and you're arguing and the hands are just pushing, do you feel that should um, consider being well, I, think, I think the parameters and the rules are, try, are, 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 are being established with that right now. Uh, and, and, and you know the old saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I think what's going to happen is any kind of incident that happens, the NFL, NBA, or any professional team is going to see how the public judges, judges the situation because the public are the people that, you know, they're going to buy the tickets and they're going to go to the game. Mm-hmm. Now, if they make a big uproar, then automatically, okay, we're going to get something done about this. If there's a little fanfare about a certain situation, then they might ignore it or try and wait for the whole problem just to disappear. But uh, I think right now, especially with the advent of uh, introduction, I'm sorry, of, of the cameras and whatnot that we talked about earlier, social media, and how fast words spread, uh, that, that all pays a huge factor into how these penalties are uh, distributed. So you, so you said once it's put out there, they want to make a decision right there and there because it's out there? Well, yeah. As soon as you start saying, oh, that's trending, or, oh, it's viral, and it's a bad thing, you don't want anything bad <laughs> trending or going viral about your organization. Right. You know, because that, that's going to equate to lower sales, lower value in your product, so on and so forth. Uh, whereas before, if guys had issues, I think it was all kept under the rug. Right. I mean, and people still keep things under the rug. Have you guys, and I don't even mention this world, but I just happened to look at it the other day. Have you guys listened to this whole uh, thing that Nick Cannon's been saying about Mariah Carey? The man says she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept that under the rug for how long? I've heard that before, though. I've heard this before. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cannon just said, man, she's crazy. I feel for my kid's life. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a great way of what her team has done has done a great job of sheltering her, of, of making sure that that product retains value and that people continue to buy her uh, records. Whether or not she is crazy or not, what, 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 what I'm bringing up here is that the people that are around her, her handlers, have done a fantastic job of hushing up any kind of rumors, speculation, talk, or thoughts that she may be off balance. Mm-hmm. Now, once the once the bottle has been taken off, once the cork has been taken off the bottle, and her own husband is saying something, that just that just fuels the fire, the speculative fire that had already been out there. Now, once you uncork the bottle of cameras onto any type of act that is uh, seen by the public as demeaning or underhanded, dastardly, etc., then that again goes against. Uh, the, the positive, positive 
publicity that you want for your company. So you said negative news at sales, right? Negative news. There's no news. Uh, there's, you know, controversy sales. It's yeah. one thing to be controversial, but when it starts, uh, you know, because I, it's one thing to have an anti-hero, a guy that is not typical of what a hero is, and he's still getting the job done, but he might flip you off every now and then or say something out of character. It's another thing to have a, a guy that's getting the job done, but he's a straight jerk, and he's not cool with his fans, and nobody relates to him, and it's a product that can't sell. Well, it's two different things. I was looking at, uh, when I first started my show, Reds, like three, four years, four years ago, I always turn on ESPN and we can find a negative because like, I got to sell my show. You know, and, and everything, when you see the news start off as negative, people look at news. I mean, that's what it is nowadays, Reds. I mean, you're looking for some negative sell. You ain't putting off the positive, like I'm saying, with you, what you're doing in the neighborhood, your community, and all like that. They don't never put that out. Why? Nobody want to listen to that, Reg, you know? Nobody wants Nobody wants to listen to what's going right. They want to know, they want to talk about, majority of people want to talk about what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't have solutions. All they're going to say, that's a damn shame. And if I had his money and things like right. that, uh, because they, uh, you know, that's what people do. I'm trying to get psychological here. Because they, they some people haven't aspired to that level of eliteness. Mm-hmm. So, they are putting themselves in that position and saying, were I to be in that position, I'd do this. Were, if I had that power of authority over the league, I think this is the better path to go. Um, you know, so, so the news has to put stuff like that out there for that market. And there's a, that, that market reaches a, a, a large demographic because the people that are doing stuff about it are entrenched in the process. So they know what can and cannot be done. And they're consequently also the people that are either owners or uh, somewhere deep into the management of whatever organization it is. So, Reg, we'll take a break. We'll come back. I'm going to throw another question. Then um, I'm going to get into some uh, can the media hurt a person image and all like that. And uh, we'll talk about that when I bring up the players. So, uh, we're going to okay. take a break. My guest, Reggie Slater, back in the mile high, Reg, back in the mile high. Talking to my <laughs> I will be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm a guest NBA, former NBA player, ready to say that, Red? I'm here feeling the love, brother. Feeling the love. Well, Reg, we're going to shoot this all the way to the end. You're doing so good with the show, man. We don't, we don't have commercials. But before we go, we got to do a little thing with, uh, uh, if you, if you need a, um, Woody's Idols, call Deborah and she'll get in contact with you. Uh, email me on the show and get all the information for it. Woody's Idols, GM. Go get your car and drive it home, right, Reg? That's right. That's right. Well, we're going to throw a question. You said make it hard, right? We're going to make it hard. we got a good one for you. <laughs> I don't know if I said make it hard. but <laughs> Which NBA team plays home game in an arena located at two Pennsylvania platforms? Uh, The Wizards? Uh-uh. No? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The New York Knicks. <laughs> New York Knicks, okay. All yeah. right. All right. Got me on that one. <laughs> we'll go to another one. Which NBA player averaged an amazing 48.5 minutes per game, including overtime, in the 1961-62 season? In what season? What year? 1961-62 season. <laughs> i got to be in front of a computer to answer this. I have no idea. <laughs> Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain. Will okay. I was going to say Bob Cowan. <laughs> I'm not even gonna give you the next one. What NBA player is known as the Worm? Come on, man. See, when you say any of that '70s, '80s stuff, I already know all that stuff. <laughs> okay, that's, that's an easy one. I got a bunch of those. But Reg, I want to talk about the media. We talk about you know everything, cameras out there taking in that. You know, the one guy, you know, gentleman played for the you know, was um, drafted by the NFL. Michael Sam came out said that he was gay. And then, you know, he was playing, he was with the Rams and the Cutting, but there was a story that broke about how he went and showered with the players, and it wasn't true, but it came out. I think that, and some guy wrote, you know, that hurt him, you know, his image and him making that team, you know, because the team didn't want to deal, really want to deal with that. Can the media hurt a player? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because what, what, what the media does is it defines you before you can define yourself. And that's a bad situation to ever be in. You know, it comes down to that old saying, what's stronger, the, the, what mightier the, 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 
the the pen or the uh, the sword. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the the, the pen's going to win out all day long because it's going to write the history. You know, regardless of what you say, it's going to be the one that writes what went down. But, but is that fair to a player? I mean, once that out there is out there, you know. I mean, you look at it and say the media, you know, we have this thing constitution, you know. You can, you know, say what you want to say and write what you want, you know. But what if it's yeah. not true? Well, here's what here's what uh, Michael Sam and anybody that has ever endured any kind of tough time in their life has to do. They have to stay strong in their faith and keep focused on what their ultimate prize and goal is and continue on no matter what anybody else is saying because in the end his actions are going to speak louder than his uh, than any words that are written written about him he can't let what the media is writing get into his psyche what someone says about you doesn't change your uh, the fact that you have a goal you have a vision in your mind and successful people are those people that continue on that path to that goal no matter what type of deterrent no matter what the naysayers say, no, what, no matter how someone else define me, uh, defines them. They know who they are, and they continue on that path. One door closes and another one opens. Now, uh, if you're going to be real about it, statistically, if you put out a report, and I don't, you know, someone will have to fact check, fact check this, it's going to, uh, and some comes out about how many gay men are in a population of gay or bisexual men are in a group of, say, 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's a number that's going to pop up. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if one in every 20 men are bisexual or gay. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. How many guys are on a football team? Uh, what, 57 did they have for, on the team? 57? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to tell me that <laughs> through the, the history of the NFL, this has never arisen? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it, 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 here's the deal, and this is personally how I feel, and it may not be shared by the audience. Uh, as long as you can get the job done, I don't care what your sexual orientation is. And if you come down to somebody that really wants to win, the owner that wants to win, he's not really going to care about what sexual orientation that kid is. Now, if his talents doesn't back up uh, uh, or, or aren't deserving, then okay, that's another story. But to deny somebody who is a stud, because of the sexual orientation, is not conducive to really winning. You know, most people that spend, you know, these, these, these football franchises are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and, and how you gain value is winning. You know, Rez, uh, I have another question, you know, but I was the same way with you. People asked me, and I said, hey, if you're out there playing with him, what you care about what he is? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's out there to play football. You know, I'll tell y'all yeah. what he's doing, you know, who he's with. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, that's none of the media bits or all people bits, all the fans. You pay a ticket to go there, watch him play that game and do the best he can. Plain yeah. and simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask Absolutely. you this, Rich. Do you think, I mean, you know, like you say, there's probably people on the team that nobody even know about. It's been for years. And why did he come out, Red? And do you think he should have came out? She just kept it quiet. Well, it's so funny because, you know, my answer would be because we're living in an age where he wants to be himself and not encumbered by any type of stereotypes by, uh, that are set by society. You know, it says in the Bible, be you in this world but not of this world. 
Mm-hmm. So you're not confined by what people say. And, you know, you be yourself. Uh, you know, I would, I would rather be myself even if it was, and it is, not in accordance to what everybody else is in this world. I mean, it, to be different is cool. I'd rather be different uh, than just like everybody else. So I would say that, you know, he's just at a point in his life where he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to put a mask on and be somebody that he's not. Now, I've heard a lot of other people say that he was just seeking attention. Mm-hmm. He uh, 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 came out because um, he figured that if he was gay and somebody drafted him, they wouldn't let him go because it would be offending the, 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 the gay community. These are all speculative things, uh, and personally I think are silly, but everybody has their right to an opinion. But, but, but you know one thing that I've learned uh, over the years, love, is I learned the difference between opinion and counsel. And as I define it, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Mm-hmm. When I see counsel of someone, it's because they are an expert in that particular field. It's not an opinion. It's, 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 they've got years of, of, of um, years behind them and, and accomplishments and whatnot that has defined them as an expert. Now, you played in the NFL. You played with some of the most elite people in the world. That would mean that you have a unique and particular insider's view of what these locker rooms look like, as have I. So, in the end... In the end, I've seen some guys with some very different characteristics put all that aside in order to win. You know, in, in the professional ranks of the NF, NBA, NFL, we eat what we kill. We're only good as our last game. So what, what care I if this guy is a different religion? What care I if this guy is doing all this other stuff? It, winners want to win. Winners want to win. Competitors want to compete. Now, people with opinions that are not in it, oh, I can't see this. I can't see that. And Yeah, you can't see it because you've never been in a professional setting. You don't know what it takes, and you don't know the sacrifices that it takes, and you don't know the focus, and you don't know how looking at somebody and calling them brother, mm-hmm. what that really means. Not some BS on the street, brother. I'm talking about somebody that's going to that's gonna hit for you, that's going to cut for you, that's going to defend you, that's going to be on the field and have your back. That is what competitive winning people do they get around other people that are willing and competitive and these people take they pay the cost to do whatever it takes to get them to where they want to be now to bust someone off just because they're gay is silly yeah Yeah, that's the opinion of people now again i talk counsel because i want to talk with somebody that's been through this and somebody that's been in the professional setting somebody that's been in the professional world I'm i'm in the professional world right now yeah, you know, I talk to people that are millionaires just like I talk to people that are hundredaires or ain't got two nickels together. And the difference that I have seen is that people that have made something in their lives, whether they're in the NFL, whether they own a business, what have you, they are focused on winning. All this other, uh, uh, anything that's not conducive with them winning, they just put aside. Well, put it aside. Well, you couldn't even put that more better because you know it's like you like like you say you know people don't know what's inside that locker room. That man, you don't care what that man. Don't you care that man get on that field? We want to win. 
That man out there yep. helping to do his job. He's doing his job and helping. Like you said, it's a brotherhood. Oh, it's a brotherhood. Hey, I remember I remember Michael Jordan talking about Dennis Rodman. And he said, look, Dennis, and this is way back in the 90s, and Dennis was wearing wedding uh You don't see anybody talking about that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Dennis was out there wearing lipstick and wedding dresses and all kind of crazy stuff. But when he got on the court, he was rebounding, defending, and aggravating his opponent. He was doing everything it takes to win. <laughs> and I'm not sure I've ever been on the court with a person as competitive as Michael Jordan, meaning that he didn't stand for a lot of BS. I mean, uh, you guys have heard stories. I was on the court. I actually heard it firsthand. And he wasn't jacking around about winning. And his team was accustomed to winning. It doesn't make a difference if Tony Kukos was kind of soft. Let's look at his positives and what he brings to the table. It doesn't matter that Dennis Rodman can't shoot. Let's look at his positive and what he brings to the table as far as toughness and rebounding. I'm not worried about what his cons may be as much as, so that, as much as I'm worried about or concerned about the pros that someone brings to this team in order for us to win. Because in the end of the day, it's about winning. I don't care if you win and, and hey, the MVP was black. Hey, the MVP was Hispanic. Hey, the MVP was Asian. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just want to win. Do you think um, a lot of this media stuff, you look at Twitter, you got LinkedIn, you got Facebook, people do that too, you know what I'm saying, and go on there. Why would you put your business out there and, you know, it's not going to affect the person or affect you? You know what I'm saying, Red? Why would people put their business out there? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to affect you or affect another person, you know, and their image, you know? Because uh, You know, a lot of it's immaturity and, uh, you know, I think some of the true, you know, I, I, gosh, I wish I could remember some of these people's names off the back of my head, but there's a, there's a comedian, man. He was funny as all, he's funny as all get out, a little heavy set fellow who lost a bunch of weight. But he made a homosexual joke uh, about four or five months ago. And the next day, next day, he went on Letterman or, or Conan or somewhere, one of those late-night shows and apologized because what he said in jest as a joke, I think once he sobered up, uh, he realized that that affects a lot of the population. And uh, a, 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 a lot of that population that you're joking about buy movie tickets. <laughs> and if people aren't coming to your movies, your ass ain't got a job no more. No, <laughs> right? You know, so you know, don't leave, don't you know? A, a smart guy once told me, "Judge not yet, uh, yet you be unless you be judged." And you don't want to invest that type of emotional energy. Hell, you already got to focus your energy on winning, on focusing on getting away from the distractions. Why the hell would you, you want to use some of your energy on worrying about what the next man doing? Right. <laughs> You're right, right. <laughs> you know, again, that's why I talk to peer. Uh, you know, I, I talk counsel, not opinion. You know, because I, I, I I've been around winners, and I know what winners think about. They don't think about all this uh, common stuff that so many people are are, are infatuated with. Yeah. Man, you can you can even put that better, Red. You you sound it all up for me, you know, for everybody because they too much worried about what you say, the opinion all like that. It should be, you know, saying, Hey, this is what that man, I wanna win. And that's what it is now if you see any sports now they hey, they're taking the money but they wanna win. That's why they got LeBron with the Miami, you know? Absolutely. Hey, I played with some guys that were some hardcore drinkers. I didn't see anything negative. As long as they went out there and produced, I didn't see anything uh reported about them. I know some of them. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some guys that do a lot of other things that might be contrary to what uh, 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 might be on the moral meter of most people. But because they handled their business, it never got brought up. Hell, Michael Jordan, greatest player of all time, in my opinion. Nobody talks about him gambling all the time. <laughs> Nobody talks about him drinking before the game. Nobody talks about any of this other stuff. Why? Because when he went out there, he did it. He proved it every night. Never took a night off. You know? Hey, I, I hung out with him. He was in Philly. Chuck, Charles Barkley. Drunk yep. every night. Get loaded with him. And next yep. time we go play that game, hey, he did what he supposed to do, you know? Absolutely. Nobody said Absolutely. that night before when we was in the club. Hey, Charles was out there getting drunk. They yep. didn't care, you know? You know, it's just like it's just like having a, a a great quarterback have a hell of a game, no interception, and then say, "Yeah, well, he's gay." <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're not going to play him anymore. What? What? <laughs> silly. That's silly. For real. You know, and of course, and, and of course, you got guys saying, "Well, you know, you know." The, the first thing you hear people say is, "It's going to affect the locker room." I even have heard some coaches on TV say this. It's going to affect the locker room, um, you know, having a guy in there that's a homosexual because he's looking at you, you know, people that he might be looking at my privacy, this, that, and other, and all that type of thing. Again, that's just like saying I'm a heterosexual person. I'm a heterosexual. And that's just like saying every female I see is attracted to me. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are attracted to you, man. Hell. Hey, Greg, <laughs> you speak for yourself. I see me. Hey, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> no, but you're right though. I mean, you look at two of that locker room. People say, "What are you gonna do in the locker room?" I mean, people you know that's in the locker room. There's that habitary that gate is in there, and you sitting there right next to the shower and being, you know, a teammate. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. look at that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't be in no locker room. Looking, oh. I'm in, I'm in, when I'm in my place of business, I'm thinking about my place of business. Right. Usually when guys are in the locker room, they're either preparing for practice or they're preparing for or, or post-practice and they're tuning down. Now, if you got somebody that's professional, unprofessional enough to be thinking about sex, you know, hell, I played, I played uh, professional and college for a number of years. And when I was getting out there to go out there to prove myself to a group of people so that I could get a job next year, I want to think about sex. No, I'm thinking about the task at hand. I'm going out there thinking about the best that I can do it. When I was in college, when I was in the pros, it was the same thing. Yeah. You know, there might be jokes here and there to break, to break the, the heaviness of the, the atmosphere, uh, the weight of the, you know, the atmosphere, but, but, but everybody knows what they got to go out there to do. And that's to win. Where's so to think thing? that, you know, to think that there's a guy in the locker room and, uh, uh, you know, he, he's not by you because, because I don't know, it's, it's hard for me even, even to say words like this. But, you know, I think about, again, I think about Michael Jordan. I think about Doug Christie. I think about Kobe Bryant. Those guys never did uh, uh, dress with the rest of their team. Why? Because at the end of the game, if they lost, they're madder than hell. Yeah. They don't want to talk about or soak about, you know what I mean? Right. They want to collect themselves, do their own thing. And, and you know, get ready for the next game. Does that mean that they're they're different? 
Hell, I played with Damon Stoudemire. He lived waist like crazy after a game. Damn, does he have some metal fetish? <laughs> you know? Shit, you know? That is, I mean, I remember it was like when Reggie White, he was so mad. Nobody go by him. Nobody wanted to get a shower go by him. He was so mad, you know? Yeah. He lost the gang. So everybody got, got the hell out of the locker room, you know? <laughs> yeah, brother, taking spit showers and getting out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw one at you. I'm gonna throw one at you, Red. You should be able to get this one. Who's the all-time NBA assist record was broken by John Stockton in 1995? Who was it prior to John Stockton? No. Who whose all-time NBA assist record was broken by John Stockton in 1995? Oh, Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. Um, I remember that. Hey, Red. Since we brought Magic, think about this. Magic have a son this day. You don't ever might mess with his son, do you? Messing with his what now? With his son. No. Uh-uh. You don't never hear nothing no. about Magic's son. And then Magic's like, hey, I accept it. I'm okay with it. Who cares what y'all think? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> so... And that's how I look at Michael Sam. Forget what all these people say. Forget it. Go play football. That's what you you know? Mm-hmm. Go play football. Absolutely. Go football. Oh, here's another triple cluster, Red. Who was the best receiver at Wyoming in the 1980s? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did y'all bro tell you to ask that question? <laughs> we should with the commercial break. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Y'all probably called you and told you to ask that one. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's funny. <laughs> Whereas everybody, I got a lot of things about Kobe. You know? Everybody talk about he, uh-huh. what he's going to be. You know, he should give it up. How many years you see? Do you see him? I mean, that team ain't like great players on there. You know, Paul gets all left. And, you know, when is it? I mean, I talked to him when Cliff was on. He said he knew when it was enough. And you said, you know, when you play, you know, should you, I mean, just go and give it up. You won every award you post possibly can. What is there left to prove, right? What is there like? There's always something to prove. There's always something to prove. You, you can't just turn it on and off competitiveness, at least especially that type of competitiveness that I've, I've, I've seen and I've heard and read about Kobe. You know, the more he's been, I remember when he was, when I was playing, Mm-hmm. And prior to the game, you know, you get there early, you, you get your shots up, you go through a routine, you get a nice little sweat, uh, you get mentally focused for the game, you go inside and prepare for the game. I can remember prior to playing the Lakers, and this is every time, every time, Kobe be out there like he, I think he wasn't going to play for the day. Because there's no way in heck that he's out there practicing that hard, shooting jump shots. That, I mean, he's dripping sweat. Like he's worked out for two, three hours. And then that guy will go out there and play 40 minutes. So if he's been doing that for, I don't know, 17 years, 18 years, and you think he's going to stop? <laughs> so now he's got, another, he's got another obstacle in front of him. What is that obstacle now? That obstacle's Father Time. And he may not be, nobody's ever beaten Father Time. No. But I, I can guarantee he's going to try. And, and do the best he can for the next two. I think he's going to try to play two more years. Two more, yeah. Hey, uh, when Jordan stopped playing, he was, what, 38, 39? Yeah. After he retired and came back? 
Yeah, but don't say I mean your your play going down and you make you make him bad. Look at what he did last year when he did play. He was turnovers and all that. He looked horrible, Red. You know that. Well, he did look out of sync, but he he also didn't go through any preseason. He didn't go through a peak. Uh, you know, you can't you can't gain velocity if you and I are racing. The same ease that you're looking at, we're running 100 meters while you're 50 meters into it. It's not the same ease that you have starting off. It's always harder to start off. Always harder to start. You have to exert more energy. And if you're not in pace with everybody else, it's going to look awkward. Yeah. He hadn't. He hadn't. Uh, he hadn't got his legs under him. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but he'd been away for for a while. It's going to take. It was going to take him. You know, I don't know, ten, twenty games or something to to get his rhythm down. He never got that. I know a guy that um, I played in um, high school where he was in college, and uh, he said he played against this guy. He said this guy did him, the everybody from the beginning of the court to the end of the court. Mookie Blaylock. Remember Mookie? Oh, yeah, Oklahoma, yeah. He said he couldn't believe the the, the, the energy he had, you know. And what if Kobe yeah. get like a young guy like that that's going to take him from the the court one end to the other one? He can't handle it, could he? Because he's older, right? Okay, when I see that, then I then I believe that. <laughs> hey, again, well, I'm going by counsel right now. I've been through these practices. Most guys, most guys are external in their motivation. They have to have a coach yelling at them, or they have to have a contract or something like that that's going to motivate. Them. Kobe, from what I've seen, that man is completely internal. He is a rare breed in that he would do that. Kevin Garnett, he was another guy. People called him crazy. That man was just motivated. He's focused. When you start seeing people doing that without you, uh, and they do it on a regular, and it's internal, not external, then we'll talk about it. But I'm not going to talk about that until I see somebody do that. Until I saw a unicorn, I'm not going to talk about it. That's about, it's about a good example uh, as I can give on that comment. Okay, we have to wait and see these couple years. He's like, yeah. Think he should have gave it up, love. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, I, I would send you a text. They, they, the Lakers sent it out the other day. They say, Happy Labor, Labor Day. Guess who's not uh, resting today? They had a picture of Kobe in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're trying to sell tickets. Come on. Because <laughs> you know. Hey. Uh huh. You know the Lakers fan like God. We never had season like that. You know they lost a lot of. Oh, they went. They went, they went through a whole. Yeah, they went through a whole season. That's that's true. That's true. They went through a horrible season. I hear you, Red. Cleveland stacking this team. Are they gonna win it? Everybody talking about there's nobody to beat them in the East. You know, since Paul George was down with Indiana, you know Indiana was the main one. But Indiana showed last year. This year they couldn't do nothing. They said one person close to the Bulls. Do you see Cleveland running through everybody in the East? Uh, well, it depends on how well these guys play together. Now, on paper, it looks like uh, they should be pretty formidable. It looks like they should be the favorites. But, you know, what's the potential, it, it means nothing unless that execution is there, you know? 
I think that first year that Miami uh, had Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Chris Paul together, they were supposed to win it that year, too. And Dallas beat them like they were stepchildren <laughs> you know, on paper. Hey, hell, just last season, everybody was talking about how old San Antonio was. And they ain't got nothing in the tank. And look at LeBron, he's in his prime and D-Wade and all that. And them boys got beat like stepchildren. So until until you have to wait and see – See, see what that product does. Chris, remember that team the Lakers put? They had on um, Gary Paul Payton. Malone, Gary uh, Payton. You remember? Uh, I was like, oh, wow, they got to run through people. Yep, same thing. <laughs> it, 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 if that cohesiveness doesn't work, then it's just all for not. It's all for not. Have you said too Payton. many chiefs, not enough Indians? Huh? Absolutely, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny. Red, you come back to Wyoming. Your, your Cowboys, you know, had a good season a couple of years ago when they beat San Diego State and all like that. How are they looking, man? We got, we got to keep giving back to Wyoming, you know. <laughs> uh, the basketball team? Yes. Well, I think they're looking good. I mean, they've got some uh, good veteran leadership coming back. Josh Adams. Uh, Larry Nance is coming back from his knee injury. Uh, he's coming back with, uh, I mean, that kid has a, a vision and a purpose. Uh, he's got something to prove. Uh, you still have a fantastic coaching staff, a great head coach. Uh, I think there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some positive things that happen with the Cowboys this year. Yeah, Larry Nance, um, you know, I, I had a chance to see him play a couple years ago, I think, when I came back. I don't count like his dad, isn't he? Uh-huh. You see anybody in the go? What's that, Red? What did you say? I'm sorry. Why is it these smaller schools like Wyoming and, you know, all, not smaller, but, you know, but the schools like Duke and Kentucky, the guys go out in one year and these kids play three or four years? Well, it's, it's, it's that dream. You know, it's that dream. Uh, these guys have bought into that. Okay, if I go to Kentucky, that's going to give me. That's going to. Uh, Kentucky's going to be the brand that I'm going to go to, and it's going to catapult me into uh, superstardom. It's going to catapult me to the NBA. It's going to get me to get to my dream. You know, yeah. you got a lot of people like that, and you know those same people. And I'm, I'm pulling from a Zig Ziglar quote now. I love listening to Zig. You know, when you have people that's waiting for the interest rate to go down or waiting for that business to open up or waiting for a certain time of the month or you waiting for this mayoral candidate to win or you waiting for this president to come in before you do something, you're gonna, you, you ain't never going to win because it has to come from within. It don't make a difference if you went to Kentucky or you went to a small school like Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman. It's you. It's not the school. It's you. So, but these kids have bought into this fallacy that the school is going to make them something. You make yourself something. A school doesn't make you something. Now, if you're blessed to have great coaching, they can assist you in developing characteristics that are already emerging. However, it is not the school that makes you. It is you that makes you. You're right about that. Cause I was telling some kids, you know, from North Central College, I said, just because y'all go to the small college, that don't mean you can't be seen, you know? You make Absolutely. it, you know? Absolutely. 
People got their head. You're right, right. So I see nobody want to go to Georgia or, you know, Alabama. Like, go to where you're going to make that mark, where they're going to see you, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't Absolutely. Go, don't go because that and school Bill, is. Go ahead. I'm Bill sorry. Bill Randall, a uh, lottery pick, or he went pretty high in the first round. He went to Wyoming. Wyoming's not a, on the same caliber uh, as Duke or North Carolina. But it can happen. And what kids have to um, – so I always laugh at this because to me it's as it's, it's, it's clear as the palm in front of my face right now. I'm holding my hand in my face. Is is um, you have to know that you are that one. So when people say, "Oh, it's a long shot. It's only one in a million, or one in a thousand, or one in whatever the hell," you have to know that. Yeah, that's me. I'm that one. I'm that one, and it's up to me to make this happen. Not up to the school, you know. I've seen a lot of at Duke and North Carolina. All these schools have graduated a lot of guys that are supposed to go to the pros. It only happens when the kid believes in himself and his actions follow his beliefs. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the business, you know. You work for a big company, Hewlett Packard, Apple, whoever. Am I supposed to? Uh, am I supposed to win because of association? <laughs> right. Am I supposed to be profitable and rich because of association? That's silly. You, you, you're profitable and you're successful based on your production and what you bring to the table, the value that you bring to that company. Well, Red, come on. Thank you again. You know. <laughs> hey, we go. Uh, show up. We get the party this week, right, Red? Absolutely, man. We're going to holler. We're going to holler. Hey, I sent you that text, by the way. Kobe at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a text, too. Kobe right, can't take it up and down the court all the time. Watch. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. So thanks again, <laughs> Reg. We'll get ready Slater. All right. Send that picture of that unicorn to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later, brother. Later. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. We'll be right back.